Welcome everybody to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I am your host, Gerhard Molin, and as always, enjoy the music. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. First and foremost, as always, I hope you're doing fine right now, right now wherever you are right now. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Wow, it's um, looking out of the window. It's snowing. It's beautiful. It's Christmas time. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Actually quite nice to have, uh, you know, snow. It's, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, wow. Hey, this week's episode, quite exciting. Um, I have a very, very amazing guest. Before I get before we get into this, I've realized, wow, I haven't had a solo episode in a while and there's so much to catch up and, you know, tell you where, what's going on right now. So I'm planning to have a few more guests. Um, li- I've lined up for the next weeks, but actually I would love to have a solo episode for episode 27. Just you and me. <laughs> Looking forward to that. There's so has been so much go- stuff going on, and um, yeah, can't wait to share it. And yeah, but episode twenty five was with my dear friend Pete. I hope you loved. I, I'm very curious how you like this little format, Back to the Futureish. Very rambly, but also very tech driven, very geeky. Uh, we enjoyed it a lot, and also just it was you know a good opportunity to catch up with my friend Pete. And yeah, let me know. What did you, how did you like the episode? <laughs> There's going to be at least once a month a Back to the Future-ish format because, yeah, we have enjoyed it and I think it's a right, nice little mix-up to talk about tech and geeky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this week's episode with a very special guest, Brad Franco. And actually, how we met was very, very random. It was last summer in Vienna. Uh, we met in the bouldering hall in Vienna in a block fabric and it was super yeah super random I think I was warming up and uh, I remember I was warming up in the warming up area and I know I heard like okay he, he speaks English um, and then I met him at the bowler walls again and then we got just talking and then we yeah we hit off quite quite well and I think two days later because he was visiting Vienna for um for you know, he was invited invited as a yoga teacher, and yeah, I also visited one of his classes. It was amazing. It was very intense and a lot of you know, like move your body in like amazing ways. So Brad Franco is an inspiring person. So actually, maybe you've noticed now. So he's a yoga teacher. He's originally from California, moved to Germany, and he's now, amongst others, the one of the official or the official yoga teacher of the FC Cologne, one of the Deutsche Bundesliga. Uh, football clubs and his story is beautiful very inspiring so he was he grew up in the 90s and he was diagnosed with ADHD when he was a teenager no teenager then actually when he was a child when he was seven years old and you know he was on medication up until the age of 21 and yeah he kind of like found yoga and movement and mindset actually as liberator from this therapy and medication actually also realized that these defects that they diagnosed him with with ADHD were actually his superpower. 
it's a beautiful story, very remarkable person, full of heart, courage, and inspiration. It was really amazing to, yeah, it was an honor to have yeah, such a person on, on the show. And it was actually one day after his birthday, and I also gifted him a book. I love recommending The Courage to be Disliked by Alfred Adler. And yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It has been amazing to have Brad on the show and I can't wait to see him again either in Cologne or in Vienna. And yeah, what a person. It was absolutely inspiring to listen to him and his story and what he his mindset and his teaching philosophy. But yeah, without further ado, my dear listeners, enjoy episode 26 with Brad Franco. In four, three, two, one. Yay! <laughs> Brad, um, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. So first of all, thank you for joining and taking your time. Thank you so, so much. Stoked to be here. Good to see you again. <laughs> Good to see you. And also before we start, I mean, I it's a third time, but also again, happy, happy, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, thank you very much. And now on German, vielen Dank. Oh, <laughs> I want to practice my German, you know. No. And you know, um, it's so beautiful. Just I think the other day, I read uh, something about like why Romans, the ancient Romans, kind of like why they celebrated the birthdays. And the meaning was beautiful. So for them, celebrating the birthday was kind of like to honor one's sole unique gift and their existence in the universe. And yeah, it's very beautiful. It's like they understood that we all kind of like contribute something very unique to this world and they honored it on that day. <laughs> okay, that puts a nice meaning into it because I was, uh, I didn't have the interest to really put time to celebrating my birthday mm -hmm. or to building a group of people and friends. And I would say I have few close friends and then I have a bunch of people you know yeah a bunch and i feel very well connected to all of them uh, but i just didn't have the capacity to do so and then um the, the girl that i'm seeing right now mm -hmm. had very very um nice she knew that i would i think she knew me well enough so she knew that i wasn't going to plan anything for my birthday <laughs> and so she threw a surprise party for me last night and that that made me feel very special and it mm. kind of made me think about how the importance of celebrating a birthday not for the reasons of uh, to be seen mm -hmm. but more like just the fact that you can exist and spend time with these people so Absolutely. this is a really nice quote that i didn't think of before yeah i thought right. i was very because i have a very similar attitude to you like for me i never especially the last 10 years almost like for me my birthday was you know i didn't want to really celebrate it but this yeah. year, I changed my mind. I was like, hey, I want to organize a small Wim Hof retreat for my close friends. So I'm going to give it back. Yeah. I'm going to organize. Yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. That, I thought about something like this. It, it is about the give back. In the, yeah. Exactly. I have some nice cards actually got written. And I was really impressed with the Aww. words. I didn't expect this to be. Yeah. Right? It, I did not ex expect people to see me this well. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think people see me for who I am, but then you see it in written format and you're like, oh, that was much more emotional and much more personal than I ever could have imagined. Wow. So unexpected. Yeah. And, 
but okay, Wim Hof Retreat. I hope you have a great time. <laughs> You're going to have to explain more to me about this. Later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, actually, like, coming back to honoring one's, um, one's sole unique gift and existence, you're a yoga teacher and coach, and you have helped thousands of people to transform their lives through movement and mindfulness. And actually, I'm quoting now, I'm going to quote you something that you wrote, because you wrote something on your bio. I found it beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So you wrote, um, I associated movement growing up with feeling safe in my body, finding more connection to myself, and being joyful by, while sifting and sorting the countless thoughts in my head. So movement became a way of pressing reset. I found this beautiful. And so my first question is, Lee. <laughs> I just got chills. I didn't, I wrote this like seven years ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about it again. Okay. What's your question? Beautiful. So when did you consciously discover or became aware of your unique gift or your calling, so to say, to become a yoga teacher and coach? Thanks for the question. Uh, that's, that's raw. Um, that's emotional. So I would say that um, I didn't know I had it. Mm -hmm. um, I I more I started with um, because I played sports as a kid. I always felt like I learned the best through teaching others. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I think there's like a Chinese proverb or something about like teaching a man to fish, and you teach them right yep. to mm -hmm. have it for a lifetime. And I felt like I learned best by teaching others. So I always was like the, the talkative, slightly annoying kid that had good intentions that always <laughs> wanted to go, hey, let me help you. This is how you catch a ball in baseball. Move your left foot, then right foot, then pick up the ball, then throw. And I remember doing this to kids. I, I don't know. There's a weird memory in my head of doing this on the baseball mm -hmm. field, maybe at like, I don't know, eight years old, nine years old. And then I needed to get my first job. Mm -hmm. and my mom was pushing me. So I applied to a tennis um, How do, I, how do you explain it? What the heck are they called? Tennis facilities? <laughs> <laughs> My brain doesn't compute with English anymore because I'm speaking German so much. Yeah. Um, it was a, a tennis court or a tennis... Um, what's, the, what's the name? I can't believe I'm forgetting it. You know what I'm talking about. What, what's, what's they it? call it a Sporthalle. Forgot <laughs> 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 my English. Wait, Sporthalle? Okay. Like a, a, well, is it, the, is it kind of like a... Tennis club. A tennis club, yes. Tennis club. There we go. Wow. Okay. All right. I try not to curse on here either. <laughs> no, no, like Brad. Feel free. Feel free to curse. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so um, I applied to my first tennis club because I was playing baseball and tennis about the same mm -hmm. time. Baseball was my first sport in tennis. And uh, to make it a long story short, I got the job to teaching tennis and wow. I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I was quite talented with tennis, but at the same time, Talent only goes so far, you need, I don't know, eight hours a day of deep playing. Yeah. And I played maybe one to two max. Um, so it doesn't matter. You don't have the, enough playing time. But I was good at teaching. I ended up teaching um, my high school coach. Wow. I was wow. teaching him how to improve his serve. And um, it was quite interesting. Yeah, it was quite an interesting talent that I just, I didn't know I had it. It just, I just came. Yeah. And then I found yoga in 2015. I was going through a breakup and um, didn't really know what my next steps were. Okay. Found yoga. I had always been interested. And then um, 
immediately. I, I don't know if it was my personality or the charisma that people liked or caught on to, but it was kind of like, okay, we're pushing you because we want you to take a teacher training. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> I wasn't so interested. Yeah. But it was heavy to me. Wow. And that blew me away. And that was like, okay, there's something there. I don't know what this is. And I was very much a believer in, uh, okay, things, if they come to you, then see where they'll take mm -hmm. you. And six months and six days of my after my first yoga class that I ever took, wow. I was teaching my first class. Wow. Yeah. And I would say around that time is where I'm like, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but I know that I know I'm really good at it, but not in a way of like egotistically I'm the best. It's just this is what I'm here to do right now. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything else. I see that this is what it is. Wow. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. This is what I like. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I connect with people. I help them. Done. Yeah. Wow. And then how was it? Uh, how is it? How is yoga help? Because you wrote that you were kind of like diagnosed with ADHD in your early childhood or teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, why was it, um, how was it actually to grow up with this like, diagnosis and then like, how has yoga helped to kind of like find the right frame or even like, how do you say, I wouldn't even say like cure it, just like live with sure. it. Yeah. Um, maybe a, like, I think I want to give actually a stronger opinion on ADHD and maybe yep. a slightly controversial one because of my experience. And yep. I think, I, I want to speak at least from my experience. I can't speak for everyone's, but I mean, I was the 90s kid that was put on medication from the age of mm -hmm. seven, right? Parents went through a divorce and my sister and I both had anxiety issues. She mm -hmm. had another form of anxiety or OCD and mm -hmm. such. And I had ADHD, anxiety, OCD, everything. Went through every type of psychotherapy, wow. trial drugs. Uh, the teachers are like, hey, You're on. Your kid is wild. Let's give him medication. Wow. Uh, hey, let's help him understand what's going on with the fact that he's stressed or anxious or his parents. He's just lost both parents in this direction of, okay, now he goes to mom's house or dad's house. Like, no, no, no. Adderall, Concerta, Zoloft, wow. Lexapro, Clonopin, everything. And, okay, let's do more. And then the more expensive the doctor, the more medicine you got. Crazy. And so... What I, yeah, I, I think what I realized is I didn't know who I was. And at first I wanted to become a psychiatrist, like okay. someone that prescribed these things because I'm like, I'm going to help people. Mm -hmm. And then, um, funny enough, uh, the best friend I had at the time was like, one day he just said, Brad, you, um, you don't seem like you necessarily have ADHD, I don't know what you have, but maybe you should just try going off of the medication. Wow. And funny enough, around that same time, um, my health insurance was canceled. My, I didn't have much contact with my dad. Okay. And so I told my mom, and I was like, Mom, um, let, she's like, you need to get new health insurance. I said, yes, but most importantly, let's go off of medication. Wow. And then let's see. She freaked out. My mm -hmm. twin sister freaked out. My family was like, no, you have to be on medication. That's what you are. I mean, I, I, that was my identity. Seven wow. years old every day until 21. Oh, you said with se seven years old, you started taking medication. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that's what's crazy. At seven years old, you don't, you don't know 
you are. There's no chance. You're in a developmental stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your brain's in a developmental Absolutely. stage. Absolutely. And I and I understand that you might be crazy or wild, but you need, need let's say, good nutrition, good movement. You need a way to express this energy out. And American lifestyle is sit at a desk and pay attention for, I don't know how many, six hours mm -hmm. a day at seven years old to learn something. And then you go home and you have a chaotic house life. What do you think is going to happen? And Gabor Mate's ADHD is not an actual mental illness. It's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And that's and it's the coping mechanism of everything stressful around you. So you learn to disengage. You learn to not think and not, not listen to what's going on. So it's, to me, that's not a drug. That's a, that's a, here, I need to learn how to meditate and pay attention to my feelings, my thoughts, wow. and everything in between, and my yeah. emotions. And then I can develop further with what I need. I'm not saying it's perfect. There are many times I forget to listen. But people don't necessarily associate me with ADHD um, when they see me. They don't say, oh, Brad, you have ADHD. And when I hear people always say, I have ADHD, I have ADHD, I label myself as ADHD, now I can't pay attention. I see it as an excuse mm -hmm. instead of as a place for growth. When I really like to challenge people because that's just their way of saying, I don't actually have to do the work. Do the work. You don't have to share with everyone what you have. Do the work mm -hmm. and see how it changes. And so when I found, um, I mean, I, I would say for sure I still experience anxiety in many areas. And, and these things come to light when you have deep conversations, challenging talks, and you can express yourself. But we all have this. Absolutely. If you can function. If you can find good moments to enjoy your life, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And so what if you feel, excuse my language, but fucked up in the head? Like there are areas where you can express it or find help, but then enjoy the finer things in life because there are so many nice things in life <laughs> to have. And we often forget this because we think we're like a broken, shattered glass. Absolutely. Not. So uh, I think like, uh, I think that's interesting. But um, to come back to it, yeah, 21, I went off of medication for a year and a half. I felt like I was in another world. It's the best way I can describe it. I really was. It was like every day you wake up. Uh, wow. I I could, like give you a mental picture of what's in my brain, but you wake up dull, kind of, like mm -hmm. not, not excited. Adderall, when, you, when it takes the hit, it's like coffee, but maybe times, I don't know, 50 in terms of your excitement. You're like, whoa. Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm motivated. Isn't it actually also like methamphetamine almost? It is. Yeah, yeah it is. It, it's a form of feet, more or less, but <laughs> wow. pharmaceutical grade. Wow. So, or I guess, right? It's called amphetamine, I believe. Or I forgot if the label is methamphetamine or amphetamine. Amphetamine, one yeah. One of those on there. Yeah. It's just amphetamine, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, have you ever experienced, have you ever tried? Yeah, but not, not Adderall, but like um, amphetamine I've, I've tried and it's like, okay. yeah. But it never yeah. actually never did anything to me. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, if you take enough, I think it does. Yeah. It, um, it's funny because I went off of it. And then when I was finishing my um, bachelor's degree yeah. in college, um, in psychology, actually, a friend of mine had Adderall. Wow. So mind you, uh, I, I said something earlier, which is I had the most expensive doctor and he gave me the most, ex the most medication. He put me on 90 milligrams of Adderall in one day. Okay, what what is this like in reference? In like, I don't know how how to reference it, but like some people only take ten. Wow, wow. And I took ten from the my friend to study for my history course. Yeah, my history final the next day. I was up for I don't know fourteen hours. I aced the test, 
and I only needed one pill, 10 milligrams. So that was the kind of, um, I don't know, adaptation that my body was used to at the age of seven. It was just like, boom, this many drugs. And then they wanted to give you um, Zoloft and Lexapro to sleep, by the way. Before you go to bed, please take this anti-anxiety pill. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So first day, <laughs> so, first day. <laughs> So you can imagine my experience. Yeah, it's like, really? Okay, cool. How much of a zombie can I be? I don't even know who I am. And um, yeah. So then, but to, mm-hmm. yeah, to fast forward it, let's say, I guess. Um, and it's really funny because I don't share this story much. I think it's on my website somewhere. Uh, but typically I just like to share the, the, the beauty of movement and the beauty of breathwork and the beauty of meditation. Because I feel like those are solutions to understanding you, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a difference between muscle building, fitness training, uh, rock climbing, other types of sports, and then actual just body movement where you breathe and you explore what's going mm-hmm. on in your muscles. And there's not really much of a place for that, I, I would say. I don't like the spiritual aspect of yoga so much. I don't, I, I think because it's important for me to distill like in this Western world more of a realistic um, societal approach to movement mm-hmm. and not this depth of yoginess mm-hmm. because I think people need that. And if they want to go to this like very spiritual esoteric places, they can, this is their entry point. Yeah. But I'm happy to distill my information from a very spiritual aspect to a very realistic, Hey, what's going on with your right leg right now? Close your eyes, breathe and see what you feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I move my leg a little bit to the right, that actually went away. Yeah, wow, wow, good job. All right. Hey, first time in 30 years. Yes. We're, I mean, but don't, yeah, don't forget, we're also always in a productive state here. We mm-hmm. always want to push forward, push mm-hmm. forward, push forward, and we don't have time to actually sit down, stop, and find the yang. And that's that beauty, you know, the yin yang symbol is amazing because you have this space. And I'm very yang, by the way. I'm always going as well. Um, Body says no, it says no, and then I, you know, I stop. And some, I mean, I'm human. Sometimes I get injured. I mm-hmm. do. It's fine. Um, it's part of what I go through. But yeah, I, I feel like all of those movements—the stretching, the flexibility poses, the challenging movements, the physical, like playful, animalistic mm-hmm. movements—those are things our body is meant to do. I would say, mm-hmm. and it's so it's very interesting to see how when you do that, you feel better. Yeah. And you feel more focused. And obviously the biochemistry of your blood changes when you move. So, But people don't realize it and they just pump themselves full with like, here's bicep curl, bicep curl, bicep curl, bicep curl so I can look better. Here's shoulder press, shoulder press, shoulder press, shoulder press so I can look better. Here's stomach press, stomach press, stomach press. You're not moving everything in a system, mm-hmm. in a whole. And I think you need that from time to time. Mm-hmm. You really need that. And so, I swear to God, I've seen the tightest bodies at a gym and I just sit there and I go, you don't look okay. Um, <laughs> and and I mean, it's not in a negative way. You don't look okay. You mm-hmm. look like you need just a place to calm down. Yeah, and I think this, this reminds me, um, a friend of mine, he also practiced some, I forgot what movement, but he, he explained this concept actually that um, when the muscles, like it's, or like everything is too tight, there's actually, it's better if there's, it's more loose. It kind of like to feel also like there's more, how did, now I'm really bad at explaining this concept, but he said, That's you okay. know, when, um, what you just described, like when you just go to the gym and just pump yourself up, your body becomes very tight. You know, it's like this yeah. very, like 
strong, but all the time very tight and tense. And actually, what we should strive for is much more relaxed and 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 relaxed state of strength, so to say. I think we need the balance between mm -hmm. both, and I think it also is so dependent on what you do in your life. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've started to notice because a lot of people, I would say, in the yoga world, are very, very special, <laughs> very emotional, <laughs> very like. And whenever I talk with a, a new potential business partner, yeah. and, and whether it's sports or whether it's, um, I don't know, something online, you hear how, how a lot of people talk differently to yogis because we need okay. the emotional yeah. side and not the just straightforward, hey, here. And that uh, I actually find in like a yoga philosophy, you also have to learn how to adapt yourself to your current state and not always be so flowery, butter, butterfly, unicorn, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you can be spiritual, you can find this, but you can also stay here too in this present moment. Um, now, to, to your point about fascia, uh, like what I, it sounds like, it's like the fascial connections within the muscles having tight tension. Mm -hmm. There are certain purposes for that, mm -hmm. which are, I mean, obviously, emotionally and physically, your fascia reacts. So mm -hmm. if you're emotionally stressed all the time, you are going to have a tight body. Sorry, that's how it works. Yep. Look at the nervous system and look at every connection from brain to toe. You're going to see how effective that is. And on a literal physical level, the nerves from like your big toe go all the way to your brain. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're stressed in one position of your body, where do you think it's going to hit? Oh, oh, no, it's just in my head. No, no, just in my head. just need to clear my head. Let me go for a run. Mm -hmm. What does a run do? A run is hyper, high stress. That's what CEOs love to do. Sprint, run, get mm -hmm. more high stress. Mm -hmm. And then you see why they get burned out faster. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to take the inside. Yes. But, okay, for example, <laughs> <laughs> just love the Danglish part. Um, for example, um, my work with professional athletes, yeah, they have to have tension in the body. Yeah. Otherwise, they can't perform. Wow. If you do not have a tight body, you are not as fast. You cannot move as quick. You can't hold tension when someone pushes mm. you. And you cannot kick a ball so well. If you look at the, the kick, like on a YouTube video, if you look at, type in something, I think like fascial integrity of a soccer kick or something around these lines, you're going to see a winding up of one arm. Mm -hmm. So weird. Like the left hand or something turns inwards and makes a fist. The right hand does the same in a very weird way. And you see people with fingers like this half the time. And then they kick the ball with a rounded spine and a straight leg, and that ball moves in the craziest way. There's yeah. no chance in, in hell that I can ever do that without years of skill and practice Absolutely. because that is, a, that is a fascial tension and muscular mm -hmm. integration. That is, and that is from the ability to create that tension and go fast. Mm -hmm. Now, I have, I have good racket speed and good tennis speed, so if I play tennis against these people... I'll mostly destroy them because I, I understand the tensioning between my shoulders and mm -hmm. these movements, but not in not in soccer. And I think football or whatever I'm calling it, I'm probably mixing up the words. But yeah, this is this is where then it's more about um, creating the balance to mm -hmm. help them recover and give them the space to where they can maintain that tension, but at the same time release it in a way that gives them the best rest and recovery. So they can do it as long as they want. And then maybe when they're done with their football careers, they can actually really go deeper into it and then allow their body to relax more, gotcha. which is important. Yeah. And I think people have a hard time doing that because the love for the game, the love for playing games for the brain, how good that is for the brain. It's like, I got to keep going. 
I got to keep playing. I'm, I'm 55 years old. I've had four knee replacements or whatever, and I'm still playing weekly you know, soccer. Yeah. I don't do yeah. any physical sport. I don't do any yoga. I just play soccer. And I think then, then actually this kind of comes handy in place a bit, a bit of like the spir spiritual path. Like I like to understand that we are always changing. There's always kind of like a death process going on so that we, you know, like if we actually hold on to this personality we, we once were as a professional football player and then we're like 55 and we're gonna stick to this personality instead of kind of like letting go and letting this part go yeah i think this can cause in some form suffering because you can like stick to this identity who you were <laughs> and you can't like yeah, yeah. I, i feel like there's a lot of paths for that you, mm -hmm. you do see some people when I, i see do i do see some athletes that that's the only thing they know Yeah. They don't really have another identity besides this. And you it looks like from the outside appearance that they're already suffering mm -hmm. because they don't know what's going on next. If they're not playing, which is their own the only goal that they have, not just the the, the money, but it's the, the goal is for them to play. You know, um then I, I really see in that position of going, Okay, what is your who are you as mm -hmm. a person? I think that's why it's so helpful to have sports psychologists in these yeah. Um, places as well because I mean I can pretend to play sports psychologist but it's helpful if I work with your body first and then and I do have a degree in psychology but it's helpful if I work in a different way I would say than, than this and I, I think that is very fascinating to see and you do see some soccer players I find them very very smart with the way that they handle who they think they are as a person mm -hmm. some of them I know one or two are still studying. One finished their master's degree wow. and still plays <clears throat> professional sports. Amazing. Yeah. Others invest, um, have proper investments, so they, they have a way to have financial security afterwards. Some have other interests like environmental um, mm -hmm. interests and taking care of actually this world and don't drive the car to the stadium, like to wherever as much as possible. So I think that's... Um, To me, this spirituality part you just mentioned seems more like who, what is your identity as you exactly. and not of your actions mm -hmm. as you get older. And that, I think you're right. You do change. You do grow. You do develop. A goal is just a goal. And then once you get the goal, there's always going to be another goal. And then another goal. And then mm -hmm. another goal. doesn't matter. Okay, so you got the house. Now what? Absolutely. <laughs> you got the wife. Now what? <laughs> oh, now I'm not happy with my wife. Yeah, why? Because I got her. Great. <laughs> Have you done anything for her? No. <laughs> But she's really hot. Great. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah, but I think this is for many, very interesting, about, uh, just read about. Have you ever, in your psychology studies, um, stumbled upon the work by Alfred Adler? Does this ring a bell? He was one, uh, he was also an Austrian psychiatrist. Um, he was part of kind of like the Freud, Carl Jung yes, trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Alfred Adler, amazing work. Um, he, I'm just re read second book about his work, and he talked to us about love. And he said, like you know, falling in love is the easy part; anyone can do it. But actually, love itself is understanding. There's not you and me. There's just us, and we actually work together. It's actually really like a very um, conscious way of doing things. Very like this. Actually, you have to do things. It's not just. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it just reminded me of this story. <laughs> I, it is. I think love is also your daily actions, right? Yeah, exactly. It's your daily commitment to to the person mm -hmm. or the people around you. And I feel like I'm learning this. I feel like I was very selfish the last years, and 
also giving, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. And now I start to realize like when you want to very much deepen friendships or deepen time with people, it's not about your fact that you express love. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. It's actually, what are you doing for them and taking it's time. Yeah. I mean, time is your greatest resource. Anyway. Absolutely. So it is. It's this, like, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, okay, this person's stressed. Do you have the time and capacity to help them with their stress? Sure. Is that their job or is that your job to help them, right? Are, are they relying on you or are you more supporting them? That's mm -hmm. another whole depth of topic. But um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's very easy to love anyone. There, there are two things that come to mind. <laughs> one, well, one person in, a, in my yoga teacher training in 2015, oh my God, um, <laughs> he had just come back from a 10-day silent meditation retreat, which okay. actually inspired me to go on my own wow, as well. Okay. Um, yeah, and what did he say? He's like, you can love someone the same as you love a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. cool. That's super weird, but it kind of <laughs> makes sense in some weird, like, I mean, you can, you can love anything. Mm-hmm try to find a way to whatever that quality of love is for you. You can try to transmit it to anything I would say. Um, and then what was it? Jay Shetty's one that's gone very viral on Instagram. Okay. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. What's that? So he was saying that what's the difference between like and love. If you like a flower, mm -hmm. pick it. If you love a flower, you water it daily. Yes. And it's so like, true. Okay. It is. It, it's, it's rooted in, and action and commitment—that's mm -hmm. what love is. Mm -hmm. Wow! It's, yeah. And as a, actually, this brings me to an interesting question because, like, for me, so what I hear, I was like, your teaching philosophy is kind of like your philosophy emphasizes on personal responsibility and kind of like also walking one's own path, and actually has much to do with difference between liking and loving because. Um, how do you actually keep the balance in guiding your students or people you work with? To encourage them to make their own discoveries and decisions. Great question. I don't know what's going on in that brain of yours, but great question. <laughs> wow. Um, for me, it's. I feel like um, I love to adjust and I love to assist, but I don't do it very often mm -hmm. anymore because I find I do very small assists. People tell people have explained to me how much they love assists and adjustments, um, which I would say I do it in the in the professional sports world a bit more often because these guys are so tight and so tired, and so I do a lot more of these manipulations and manual mm -hmm. therapy, which I think is important. In a yoga class, I don't do it as much. I keep more of my energy, um, but I feel like I give small micro movements, like I'll touch someone's the inside of someone's left knee, just like that. Yeah. Not even, not, I mean, lovingly, but not like, you know, caressing and yeah, yeah. all this, like, oh, this feels so good. I'll go like, no, no, a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. And then you see the, the little slight stressor or the little slight, the slight, oh, okay, now I understand for their own responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I also do a lot of repetitions in my class. So my classes more feel like a mobility and breath and flexibility course and not so much a yoga class because I want people to get a feeling for understanding and mastering their own skill of movement. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. It's not just sit and hold. Sit and hold is one thing that's great for the mental strength, but people are already mentally exhausted. Sometimes they just need to get lost in a movement mm. and then you can guide them with small cues from time to time to go, okay, try this. I can't do everything in one hour. I cannot prioritize 
Okay. Here's just an adjustment course. I'm going to massage you for an hour while you move and make you feel incredibly relaxed. But then I, you have no responsibility to create your own relaxation. Mm -hmm. You only have to come to my course for this relaxation. And to me, that doesn't make sense. I want you to have the power. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can't just sit and hold them all the time if they're in a space where they're already breaking down. Mm -hmm. I, there's There are courses for that. Um I would say maybe <laughs> once a year I'll yeah. do that but I think when I'm teaching I want you to you took one of my classes actually yeah I did. so I'm curious what your opinion is but for me it's about get yourself lost in the movement try it's so easy to get in the, be in your head and I feel like I know this quite well <laughs> my past. Uh, it's quite easy to be in your head and that's the point all you need is a big inhale, a big exhale, mm -hmm. and a move. Mm -hmm. Then you can start to make softer inhales and exhales the more experienced you are because then you can train yourself to actually be more relaxed and focus in a class and get into that state of calm. But a lot of people come into those classes completely stressed. Mm -hmm. They're looking to you to be their king, guider of whatever. And then I like to, maybe without them knowing, maybe with them knowing after this podcast, for sure them knowing, they're their own. It's their responsibility. Absolutely. They're the ones that are going to bring that self to them. I'm here to create the space and to give you the space, right? I am not your, um, like what Tony Robbins says, and some people, What I this is also what I find funny. A lot of students say, this is my guru. I'm definitely not your fucking guru. No fucking way. You are. Yes. You are. Here's some information for you, and you are. And if you have questions, I will help you with all that I know. I will give you everything I've got. But you are the guru. I'm not your guru. And uh, I mean, I'm happy to be your teacher for 20 plus years, sure, but I'm not your guru. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, yeah. And I think it's so, again, uh, this reminds uh, you really, I'm going to recommend you two books as a, uh, by Alfred Adler. Yes, it's amazing okay. because he talks about exactly this is like, you know, to first understand it all starts with, um, yeah, self love and self reliance. And also, like, the courage, the courage to be happy also means taking responsibility to take these actions and understanding you are in charge of your creating your own reality and like there's no one else who gives you kind of like the silver spoon yes you get guidance and support but it's you there's don't rely on gurus or gods it's all you and but maybe people don't want to take this responsibility no and that's why that's why business is working anyway <laughs> Because they sell this as, hey, I'm, I've got you. I'm mm -hmm. going to take responsibility for you, and here you go. Um, but, yeah, it's a good point. You know, um, for me, like, I have a new project at, um, at a, like, a video content studio space where I'm wow. finally doing my own classes after a certain amount of years, and I want to build online content as well. Yeah. I've always gone back and forth with building content, but I feel like, for me, what's been important, my wish is to have a team. Mm -hmm. to work with the team, to develop the team, because the only way you also can grow as a person is when you learn how to work with others. Yes. And a lot of yoga teachers work by themselves. Why? Why do you think that? We're, I, I would say we're not, I would say many of us are not good at working in teams. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to manage emotions mm -hmm. or communicate effectively. I would say, mm -hmm. because this whole yoga world is very spiritual, emotional, esoteric, philosophical, And your ability to work in a team is very helpful. And what I noticed, this is just my opinion, and I can be wrong, but what I've seen a lot is oftentimes yoga studio owners, 
are very different from the yoga teachers. They are very wow. You can't be as close to them because they've had to learn to develop those characteristics. Of, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm managing the response. I'm creating a space responsible for helping others on their own life path, whatever it is. And I'm creating space where yoga teachers can actually survive to some extent. Yeah. That's super important to learn that skill, in my opinion. That's mm -hmm. one of the greatest gifts you can give is to open, I don't know, a studio or to have Absolutely. a space where you can work with others and give them the ability to live and to do their craft. So I think at some point that is my next step and that's been my wish. And what I also realized is once you take the step on the path, a lot of a million other things come your way. So there's always ADHD presence, in my opinion. It's like, <laughs> oh, Oh, I can go that way or that way or that way or that way or that way. And when you're a freelancer, when you're a freelancer and you're good at what you do, there's always an opportunity. But people just want you as their brand. Right. They don't know they're taking you or what they're building with you. They just want you to do whatever they want. And you have to then, I think, start to. So I would love to read this book because that's, I think, where my step is coming on my 35th. It's going, hey, okay, now it's time to actually know what I want and go for what I want. And then I want people. I want to bring people in instead yep. of people coming to me. And I know exactly what I want to do with them and how I want to support them because that would have been my greatest wish is that someone says, hey, I'm bringing you in. I want to support you and bring you here. Mm -hmm. And actually, that's how we met. I got lucky because I got brought into Vienna to teach workshops <laughs> at, at Tribe Yoga with this amazing yoga teacher, Christina. And then we met rock climbing. Yeah, we're rock climbing. So it was... Actually, it was yesterday. No, on Monday, I was at the same yoga studio where you held a class. Really? Yes. You at Tribe? Yes, I went to Tribe. <laughs> Which class did you take? Um, Visiana, Vis, what's called? Was, uh, no, I forgot the name. Something with V. <laughs> Valentina? No, the, the class is at yoga, I think. Oh, uh, Vinyasa. Vinyasa 1 Vinyasa. and 2. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Forgot the, you don't know who the teacher was. I, I'll figure it out. But I mentioned your name. So she knew you. So really, <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> and how was the class? I really enjoyed. Like, so for me, I was now after I was now in Peru, and as I came back, I was like, there was like this shift. Like, oh wow, I want to really try something completely different. I was like, this very like urge to go back. I'm gonna try yoga now, and I really enjoyed it. It was like this. It was very intense, but beautiful because like you had this, you move your body in all kinds of directions, and it was intense, and you're like wow it's like i felt i mean very challenging for me but i loved it it was like i was very good i loved it and that's actually it reminded me of your yoga class because it was like there's not much thinking you just go and this movement you just like yeah another way of mindfulness very much yeah yeah you you have to pay attention you have to move you don't have time to think exactly and then at the end you can do what you need it's a very intense practice of being in a presence because you have to first listening to what the guide says and secondly listen to your body and like combine both it's a beautiful practice yeah i think so too uh, the thing i love to bring people in that don't have either don't have a good opinion of yoga are scared to join yoga or aren't so open to mm -hmm. it because um the way that i teach is so vastly different from mm -hmm. others i would say that it brings you this space of, oh, okay, I can do that. Oh, that was way better than I thought. You know, and um, and then it's like, oh my God, my body actually feels better. I, my hips feel open, I feel free. 
like one of my memories is obviously in the football or the, with the with the soccer club here in Cologne. <laughs> the boys are so funny. Oh my god! But like you know, some of them are like, "All right, ready for yoga? Let's go!" And then we do you know the shortest ten minute session you can imagine. Wow! It's just move, 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 yeah, move, yeah, yeah. move, 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 move. <laughs> and then you see sometimes on their face like, "Oh, that was that's intense." And then directly after, they jump up because there's no shabbat, mm. no chance. And they have to go sprint and train afterwards. Crazy. They jump up, they move their hips and they move their shoulders. They're like, whoa, I feel free. I feel so free. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so free. <laughs> yeah, good. Come tomorrow? No, I'm good for two weeks. <laughs> I'll see you in two weeks. It's like, bad idea. But... <laughs> <I'm> okay. <laughs> Love it. By the way, did you, did you continue? Uh, do you still climb? Did you bouldering? Unfortunately, I injured my knee. Oh. Um, yeah, and I think that's also part of being hyper-flexible. I mean, I, I do a lot of strength training, too. Mm -hmm. I, I'm taking more of a backseat to practicing yoga in my own respect because I'm so flexible. Mm -hmm. There are many movements that I do anyways in general, like spine work, breath work, always. Mm -hmm. um, but my hips are really open. My knee flexion and extension is ridiculous. And so I was bouldering. And, um, yeah, it was like uh, seven weeks ago tomorrow now. It's almost, it's almost healed. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have, I think, a small tear in my MCL. It's the inside of my left knee. Oh, okay. And, but yeah, I mean, it happens. It happens. You know, happens. You work hard. But, but that's the thing. It's like you're hyper flexible and then mm -hmm. you don't know how to engage your muscles mm -hmm. properly. Or you do engage, but then you have a relaxed moment. And in that relaxed moment, you still create tension in another part of your body, mm -hmm. which is, I would say, quite advanced but also not advanced when you're not sure what's going on so i had a very deep twist with my spine to the left i moved my knees to the right or my left knee to the right which is like a, i think it's called a valgus or vagus no, mm -hmm. valgus movement and that's when you put too much pressure on the mc and i heard this like very very Ooh, light okay yeah like, okay good. i'm done climbing for today <laughs> yeah But, in, but um, yeah, but yeah, I think um, also what you mentioned before, just pedaling back a bit, it was very interesting the part you mentioned about like now you want to work with a team as well. And again, I'm gonna it's the third time I'm gonna mention Alfred Adler, so you have to read it. What are the books? So there's two books. The first book here? I would recommend okay. reading The Courage to Be Disliked. It's oh yeah, yeah. I'm working on this in my life. That's hard. That's Whoa. It's a crazy book. So it's, <laughs> it's it's written by actually a Japanese author, and the book is beautiful, beautiful because it's kind of like written in a Socrates style, where it's dialogue between a philosopher and a youth, and he kind of like walks okay. him through the like the, the, the foundation of Ad Alfred Adler. And Alfred Adler said, like it's 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 remarkable. He was so far ahead of his time that all like a lot of suffering or problems comes from interpersonal interpersonal relationship. They're all interpersonal relationship problems. Because, you know, as a yeah. think about it as a child, actually, we are probably <clears throat> our mind develops way faster than our body. So we always kind of like uh, compare ourselves with what other people can do and you cannot do. And like there is like it starts there. But also he said the flip side is happiness and joy comes also from interpersonal relationships and understanding that actually we're here to work together. And this we can only do by in by realizing what is our what makes us unique because then we understand we all contribute equally and we're moving in one direction 
And this comes then actually what you said. Working as a team, and also any relationship is so remarkable, it being a love relationship, a friend relationship, work relationship, is important because, yeah, alone you work faster and you move, but only together you actually can achieve huge things. Yeah, that's yeah. funny, right? You can go super fast alone, mm -hmm. but you can't go very far. Mm -hmm. You cannot go far. Like, um, that was a struggle I had with trying to make my own YouTube videos or online videos. And I was like, it just, it's great. But if I really want to make a lot of content, I need a proper camera. I need proper marketing. I need proper banners and images. And it's so many hours of work that someone else could do in, I don't know, two hours that would take me eight. Mm -hmm. at least. Wow. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, I know. That's the beautiful quote of, right? To go fast, go alone, to go far, yeah. go together. I love your explanation. And um, yeah, I, I just had a talk with the, the new project I'm at because I needed to have some heart-to-hearts and some challenging talks on feedback. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how do I do this? Because I'm always so friendly. It's like I'm, I'm doing business, but then it's like I'm basically friends with the person as well. Okay. And so that's the boundary that I want to... That I, probably um, I would say I'm working on, on setting but I still always like being friendly with people as if they're my friend even if we're not let's say that close or we're not we're not going to hang out for dinner or like a evening together to talk about the deep shit I still love this feeling of okay I care about this person if they really were in trouble I would be there same vice versa mm -hmm. because I think that's important in life and um, to have compassion for others but yeah we had a I had some videos that were given to me and they're like, uh, they sent me them and immediately, I think my first message was, that's great. I deleted it within 30 seconds and I wrote, wait, can I give you feedback? Wow. I wrote a new one. All right. Because I'm like, why am I going to just write that's great when actually I'm not satisfied mm -hmm. with it? It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. And if I don't give him feedback, he's not going to know, number one, what I like. Number one, what I think looks good for my brand because my brand also is important and it comes from me. And then whatever. And then he can use his expertise, which is phenomenal, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then we can, can move from there. And so we've had some nice feedback since then. And every video he sends me now, I give him a quick video, like recap, or I give him three points. And then we see how it looks. Wow. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's a small thing, I would say. But for me, that was more or less quite a big step to go, hey, this is what I mm -hmm. like or don't like. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and it is the courage to be this like. But the second thing, this, is, <laughs> I have to, this one's funny. Um, I teach at a yoga studio here. And if they listen to this podcast, they're going to laugh. Um, and I, um, I just signed a contract with them. So I'm exclusive with them for the next year, which I'm super excited what, yep. we'll, what we can create. I really hope we can, can find some time after uh, the new year to build some things. I'll be part of their teacher training next year. And um, we were talking about posting things on social media. And I said, Guys, I'm sorry. Light blue in this studio is way too feminine for me. And everyone there is a, is a woman. And they looked at me and they're like, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, you're not a guy. You don't understand. <laughs> like, if I go and speak with all of my guy friends about this studio and I show the photo of me with this blue in the background, <laughs> they're going to be like, no. And I'm like, and there are other studios here that are very unisex mm -hmm. in color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And immediately the feedback from the guys that I know is like, I could totally go there. And I told, and I've, I've wow. said, I've explained this and I, 
I know that I don't get the nicest feedback from yeah. them. They're like, we're more neutral now, blah, blah, blah. But you see every few posts, I think there was one today as well, there's a huge light blue in the background. And all of that, even if one it's one post, brings a feminine quality to a studio that a lot of, in my opinion, men are not attracted to. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to come to a place that's feminine. They need a place that's open to this masculinity where Absolutely. they can chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Not where they can go, oh, wow, that, that's why they don't go. It's, mm -hmm. too, it's too womanly. It's too soft. And they need a place that's a little more rugged and hard to allow them to go, okay, that's me. Oh, wow, I just calmed down. Oh, totally. And, when, and so I, wow. I gave this feedback pretty intensely. I got fought back on it a little bit, but it was more like, okay, that's your decision. This is your place, not mine. Super happy to like to to have this chat and mm -hmm. share my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then any any content that we have, it's not baby blue. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's not baby blue. <laughs> we moved from there. No, that was I was yeah. No, I, I salute you for because I, it sounds very familiar. No, I salute you really because like this. I think many people, more than you think, uh, myself, I had to learn this as well, like to, especially with feedback, just like be first, just be nice and, you know, just take it. But what I learned is actually it's a very masculine trait and actually I have to develop it as well. It's leadership to be very clear and transparent about communication. It's like, okay, you get hard. something. It's, it's hard. So it's so hard because we also not, what I've realized we are, yeah, don't dare to do it. But actually, it's the key Renee because, Brown. yeah, because, you know, like, if you are able to communicate clearly and transparently and not be a dick about it, of course, this helps the other person to understand you better, where you, what you need. So the other person can work with you. It's about leadership. It's about communication. Yeah. 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 And, and you, I mean, it's okay to be an asshole, but you try your best not to be an asshole, yes. but you still have to explain what you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. And not that you hate the person, not that you hate their work, but that it doesn't fit the, yeah. the form or the context in which it needs to be presented. Absolutely. And I think this is, and what I've noticed is, I think I feel like I've gone through most of my life having these very like superficial relationships with people because you don't dare to say, hey, that doesn't work. Yeah. And now when you actually share what you really like and don't like, you've actually gone like way deeper way to deeper. this person is, way down the iceberg and you go, oh, They understand me now. And then not only do you have a better connection to the person, you know them and you understand them. And I wouldn't always say it's a bound I wouldn't say it's a boundary sometimes. There, there can be you setting boundaries, but it's like this um, hey, this is actually how I work. This is mm -hmm. what I stand for. These are my values or my feelings or my traits. This is what happens when I get mad. This is what happens when I get sad. This is what happens when I get happy. Yeah. And here are the situations that you've just experienced. Please also do the same with me. Mm -hmm. But not that I'm going to run away and say, I hate you because you're being <laughs> mad and emotional, but rather, okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. But there, there needs to be a fine line between those emotions and um, between those communication styles. Because what I see in the yoga world is exactly this. What I've said is like, where we're special and I don't mean it negatively, but I think, Yoga invites people to get emotional, to get open, but then people overshare. Mm -hmm. They overexplain, they overemote, and then they they think that you are their therapist mm -hmm. because they don't go to actual therapy, where they find yoga is a therapy. Because if you see, I mean, I had ADHD or ADHD, anxiety, blah blah blah, and I went to yoga, and that let's say 
with me, not really, but that was part of it. But I didn't ask for, I didn't try to find a teacher and have that teacher be my guru and my therapist. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people put the responsibility on yeah. others mm -hmm. instead of doing the work for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, and that's the... And isn't, it's I a, guess, yeah. yeah. And it's a beautiful, actually, like, really aligns again with your teaching philosophy. It's like understanding, like, we all have our dramas and, you know, things to work on. But it's important to understand, yes, you have them, but it's also your responsibility to work on them. It's not anyone else's responsibility. No. It's, yeah. your, it's your thing. And, um, yeah, and also, like, what you, what you mentioned, I think, like, this is something that, what you, you know, masculinity and femininity, it's very interesting, the space, because, like, Often in this also spiritual realm, it's a very heavy focus on mm, working on your feminine side, but then understanding that also like your the masculine side, and we all have it, the polarity. We have both yeah. men and women. We have yeah. both within us, but we also have to work on the other side as well. You know what? You, especially in yoga, it's like what what does it mean to make it a bit more masculine? To also allow men to yeah. kind of like live it again and, and say yeah to. Be proud of the masculinity inside, the healthy, conscious masculinity. That's a good point. Uh, to to add to this topic, um, I think I think yoga is this overly feminine place because obviously there's typically in in our world an overly masculine abundance of mm -hmm. things, work, etc. Right, and that's yin and yang. So yang is masculine, yin is feminine. But you do need to balance mm -hmm. both, and um, and so what you see is an overcompensation of teachers teaching very, 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 very feminine. Mm -hmm. This is why people run away, and you need the space of entering, of allowing masculine to come in, and being able to transform it into its mix and dance between both. I think absolutely. Um, for and just a, just a fun example from the pro sports world, because I think, in my opinion. People do ask me quite often what it's like, and I think you always have to be careful with what you share on the inner workings of what's going on in there. But from this level, it's very easy to share. You, I see times all the time where people, um, where like the athletic trainers or even the head coach, you know, super masculine, overly masculine, 99% of the time. Yeah. But you have the 1% where the co head coach comes, gives the guy a big hug, Or like sits there when the guy's sad on the bench and is just arm around him, holding and sitting there. Absolutely, a feminine trait. Yes. Or you, or you've got the athletic trainers that sit there with the guy that's had challenges with what family, friends, whatever, an injury, and he's just there to be there and to support. Absolutely, it's beautiful. And it's not, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's not about always changing and saying that. What I heard, I got so many messages. Brad, maybe you can make them more feminine. Maybe you can make no, them more relaxed no. now, yeah, and like, they can win. That's not the point of this space. No, no, it's so true. And also, like what many people understand, like it's a, so. Of course, I'm only talking as a you know man because I have no idea how women body works and like yeah, it's different league. <laughs> But also, what I, many men understand, like it's the beauty to understand. Also, like to be really complete to acknowledge your feminine side as well, and this doesn't mean to be like more relaxed. It's just as like develop a sensitivity for your body. Just sensing what's going on. That's very feminine. But then having the willpower and the fierceness to do something, to execute, that's very masculine, to lead. And it's like these yeah. traits, it's like, all right, now my friend needs time. He needs a time to kind of like that I hold space. Very feminine. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
Now it's a time where I need to lead. Yeah. How you can um, turn it on. Like yeah, light exactly. Turn it off. Yeah. Right. Um, that's a really well point. And I think that's the part that's, yeah, now that we speak, we really don't know the feminine side. No. And that's another completely different, different level of understanding. Yeah. Um, what I what I see is interesting is just to kind of sidebar for mm-hmm. a moment. Um, when you see women CEOs lead mm-hmm. within a math, within a company that has a lot of men, mm-hmm. different when you have women CEOs lead with a bunch of women, mm-hmm. right? But this, I feel like I see women traits where they are extremely masculine. Mm-hmm. The woman is super masculine, super dominant, super domineering, and. Um, of course, can still be feminine, but you see it, you see it uh, almost like you'd see it in a man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, like, you're 1% feminine side. Okay, yeah, da, 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 da. And you always wonder when that side comes out as well. And I think just for, just for men as well, I think women that also are like, I'm a powerful woman, mm-hmm. a powerful woman. Absolutely. Where can I, where can I bring my masculine side or am I, am I balanced in the way that yeah. I want to be? Am I very, Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then um, now, actually, it's always like a one one hour mark. We're coming soon to an end. It's a uh, so reflecting now on you're 35 and you're reflecting on your behavior and actions. How mm, would you say what actions, behaviors, of people have really significantly impacted your life so far and those around you? And what you were thankful for, like a moment. Wow, I have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, so funny enough, this comment about like the feminine, the the women that are masculine, I have to thank a few of them mm-hmm. because they're the ones that brought me, uh, rose me up to where wow. I would say I'm at. One of them is the reason that I'm here in Germany. Yeah. Um, she was very 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 strict intense she works in change management or with logistics and she's working with very intense people all the time and she calls the shots she's the leader wow and had it not been for her i wouldn't have learned the skills to like feel like i was a kid when i moved here and i needed to learn more about who i was and take responsibility for my things mm-hmm. but that discomfort it was the ability to apply to different studios, to teach here, to teach as much as I could, uh, to kind of be away from the home space, teach there, because it was a little bit, un- it was uncomfortable at the home space uh, to be with her, and that helped a lot. Second one was another w- woman-powered CEO um, who I also call my mentor. These both are like my mm-hmm. mentors. And she was the one that encouraged me to do some coaching trainings. Wow. And then we, we built some um, on like we built some emotional intelligence programs mm-hmm. for corporate companies mixed with meditation and movement. Um, obviously, those are the people that helped me get to get to this space. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, it sounds like this, these two people, they really also allowed you to also yeah, explore both. Just like seeing this topic of masculine and feminine, to explore, explore both sides and also like yeah. untap, untap huge potential within you. It's like, okay, now you can be masculine. Do it. 
It's very natural. Yeah. 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 I think that's been my, my goal is like looking at 35 and going, now it's really time to tap into this masculine characteristic. Um, and at the same time, still be okay with whatever's feminine. Absolutely. I was looking at videos of my, my birthday last night and I realized already, I'm like, oh, I look a little bit shy or actually even feminine there. Let's change that this year. <laughs> Let's change that as best as we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm totally happy to be in front of a camera and certain things, but when it's celebrating me, mm-hmm. weird, like okay. shy a little yeah. bit, a little, and very strange, but I'm really thankful for many people in my yeah. life. These were just two heavy hitters, mostly in the career sector, career sector yeah. that, that allowed me to bring this to life. Um, and I would say that, I mean, I would say my past relationships with, with ex-girlfriends and so I would say I'm always thankful for those because they always bring you a lot. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the last relationship I was in taught me a lot to be on my own. And that really drove me nuts. It made it really hard because I wanted to spend as much time with this person as possible. And she was always busy and working. Mm-hmm. So I had to be more, hey, this is what I'm doing tonight. You choose what you want to do. So that was another masculine trait that gave me more freedom. Wow. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to sound funny, but like so many people bring so much value into our lives and we underestimate how thankful mm-hmm. we can be. I think I'm overly thankful for this. This is something that I'm just like, my heart's like, okay, wow, that person helped me in this way. No, that's and so healthy, Brad. No, really, I salute you. This is yeah. I don't. This. I don't know if everyone sees it this way, but I'm like, that's so cool that you're here. It's so like you know. It's so powerful. Not the American superficial. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can. I can sense that yours comes with very sincere gratefulness. And actually, there's heavy research on being great, grateful not on your health, but also in your physical fitness. Mm. To practice mm. this, it has huge impact on on both. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. No, it's it's, it's and also like I, I salute you for being able to be so vulnerable and sharing this. It's amazing. It's a beautiful trait. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Try yeah. Um oh wait to okay. One comment on vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? From Brene Brown. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned said mm-hmm. Brene Brown quickly, and I'm sure you know it. And that was the comment that I made earlier when I was reading part of her book as well, is this concept of vulnerability, and that was also one of the courses that we created with this emotional intelligence program was vulnerability and how you express what vulnerability is what it means how to search inside yourself for it but then also yeah the i don't know the qualities of it vulnerability is not putting your responsibility on other people and again it comes back to this role of it's still Mm self-responsibility it's able to share how you feel the state you're in that this is challenging but not unloading everything and your past since the age of two onto someone and then saying, this is the reason why I do this. Wow. It's more, okay, I've done this. This is where... This and what is now? The reason, this may be the reason why I feel this mm-hmm. way right now. Maybe not sure that this is. And now I would like support in X, Y, or Z. Could you help? Or I actually don't know where I need support. Could you spend a few minutes with me guiding me through X? But actually asking for X mm-hmm. instead of going, fix this for me. I think that's the, wow. yeah, that's the beauty of it. You know what, Brad? There's again what you described. Fourth time hitting Alfred Adler. I'm going to give this to you as a birthday present in the book. 
the culture is yes. liked. <laughs> do you <laughs> do you do you do you also use Kindle or is it always hard copy? It's always a hard copy, but um I don't yeah, I don't have Kindle as in like the actual Okay, thing. you're gonna give me your address, I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, that gift. was that was the point of this podcast <laughs> to get a book gift. Thank you. <laughs> Just fishing birthday gift. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. I just talked with my friend Toby two days ago about books. He's like, I'm like, I haven't read the last time. I've just really been working and developing my yeah. time with understanding people. And he's like, great, I'm going to gift you a book. He just gave me the book, The Diary of a CEO. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing book. Have you read it? I've heard it. I've heard of it. We have had my uh, okay. the sample. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's the courage to be disliked. I think it's just I so think I on need point. Both of those are yeah. actually perfect for the next steps. Of this and year you know, like how I do it, I only read 10, 15 minutes every morning and it's perfect. It's small steps yeah. every day. And then we heard the, okay, 10 to 15 minutes. I heard about 10 pages a day. Yeah, something like that, whatever. That I, I've done it. Whatever okay. you like, yeah. Do you set a timer or do you No, like, so I have a ritual, like I kind of like I take my espresso and I drink or read as long as I have espresso left. And then it's around 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. It's I can't do I can't do an espresso in 10 to 15 minutes. That thing takes a minute and a half. <laughs> just well, sip it. <laughs> I just take the big, yeah, no, I did this big cup, right? I do like the whole coffee. <laughs> Typically that's gone in three minutes. <laughs> then I take another one. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that lasts longer. <laughs> Wow, and then okay, last last words. I think because I think there's actually one 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 friend I had in mind that we talked about. He's like he told me about like he's also like he think he thinks he has ADHD and he might go to a doctor. So what what advice would you have? You know, like always advice. But what advice would you have to give someone currently struggling with ADHD or like the thought of having it, especially young people who might be on a similar path to one you were on. I think it's something at some point I really want to share with people because I think it's so important. Most people with ADHD are extremely creative. Mm -hmm. When you're extremely creative, you're very emotional, typically, because emotions allow this creativity wow. to come to life. And it's so crazy like how we can think of a thought and then somehow have another thought come to our mind of what we want to create. Like, how the hell does that even work? I don't know. It, drives, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen with people that are creative, they need a space to be creative. They need a space to move their body and work out. I don't care how unfit you are. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's breathing exercises, if it's small twists of your shoulders, fucking move. Um, I would not say meditate right away because meditation comes when your body can be still. You need to move your body first and then you can be still. And find ways to, I would say, build a routine. So that's creative outlet, move build a routine of some sort, doesn't matter what it is, find one time a day where you can do something that is important for you. And then do your best to eat more whole foods and, mm -hmm. and more healthy foods like protein. I'm not a vegan in any way, shape or form. And when I tried being vegan, I could not focus. Wow. Because vegetables and grains did not help me focus. Protein helped me focus. Sugars, like get them the fuck out of your diet as best as you can because that for a kid with ADHD will just make you go nuts mm. and I, I can't describe to you since changing my diet the last year I would say I'm the fittest I've ever been knock on wood um, I feel way more clear 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't eat as big of portions. I don't eat as many sweets. And I think because I prioritize fitness, that's also what really helps me focus. So I can't say that for everyone, but I prioritize fitness in my day. It's a very, very big part of my day. Um, but that brings the ability for my body to feel good almost all the time. Um, and if I eat too much, body feels it, mind feels it, focus is gone. If I eat too many sweets, body feels it, mind, fo- mind feels it, productivity is gone. So I think we underestimate how important nutrition is. We mm-hmm. underestimate how important movement is. And I think that solves over 80% of people's issues with ADHD. Wow. The next parts are your creative outlets and your routines, which would probably solve the next 10 to 15%. And there's maybe 5%, I would say, of people that really need something deeper with therapy, with movement. But mm-hmm. that's more my rough fake non-scientific estimate yeah but wow thank you right because also like for me i thought about it like the person i'm thinking of he's a very creative person <laughs> and i also thought about myself and i was like in a sense i love what you said like you know like of adhd people think there's something defect with your brain but actually it's just understanding how to actually use that energy and move it around yeah. it's all about there's like so much yeah you know some of the most successful people in the world that have created the most insane things in the world yeah. have ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's because just because they use that outlet. Yeah, yeah. it's just using that but energy. I, yeah, of course. If, if I can, yeah, I like your spiritual twist. It's using that energy, which I mean, I would also say, but I think it's I try to use it in a more like in this person in particular. Like, is he? What's his? What's his daily life like? What does he do? If we could just use him as an example for anyone that ends up listening to this, maybe there's some. I mean, like he, I can, it's a yeah. you know he's old. He's like around twenty, twenty six, twenty seven. He's now start. He and a friend of him they started a web development company. He's a designer, and it's like, cool. you know, wow. I think there's nothing wrong with you. It's just like understanding. Yeah, you have this insane powerhouse in your brain. These thoughts and there's like especially positive thoughts and beautiful thoughts. They are your kind of like fuel for your creations you know yeah it, so are, are, do you feel that he has ADHD in the sense that he doesn't know which direction to go because there's 50 different ideas in his I head think he said, about- I mean, he said like he thinks about it may, maybe that he has it so he wants to get it diagnosed okay but what is the reason that he thinks he has it? What is the reason he wants it diagnosed? What because is, like there's so much there's always like so much um, left and right like so much going on as well and um like jumping between left and right and like, yeah. You mean decision-wise with like work or friendships? Or it could be, it could be work. work. I mean like, yeah, now we're getting but into that's what it. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's what I was, I was trying to explain because I feel that that's been my same direction too. It's like, there's so many opportunities all the time, but you really have to sit, focus on one opportunity, take, take it that mm-hmm. direction and then see where it goes. It's yeah. very hard. I think someone that has ADHD that's why it can be helpful for them to have a structure but then they get bored right mm-hmm. and you don't want to be bored so you have to find something that's enjoyable and then you can add all of your creative space mm-hmm. i like to think of it like a coloring book mm-hmm. share this with a friend imagine a coloring book it has all the lines but you get to pick whatever color you want whatever design you want within all of that so if he can find in my opinion the actual direction that he wants to take the company and not the 50 different, which might be the case, maybe it's not, then I think he can wow. have more yeah. of that focus. Because I don't think that the that the drug is necessarily going to help you with that. That is more a like 
Jesus Christ, what's my actual vision? Because I can go any direction because I'm so creative and I'm good at what I do and I'm talented. Each direction can be successful. That's the point. You really have to sit there, maybe work with a coach first mm -hmm. and see where your actual steps and directions are and your vision is if you could have it. And it's okay if there's three, four, five things. Maybe just pick one for three months and yeah. see if you like it. That would be my, my recommendation. I think that's what what's really difficult for creatives to have. Oh, it's, it's amazing. So, I, think, yeah, I get it. No, yeah. I think it's, it's uh, just to, yeah, on, on that note, there's like this theory. It was actually written by uh, the CEO of Visa, the credit card company. And he talked about the chaotic organization. So a mixture of chaos chaotic. and order, yeah. chaotic. And exactly oh, what chaotic, yeah, chaos and order. Chaos and order. Wow. Okay. It's beautiful. And he said like there's like these two how to actually the um design an organization where creativity can flourish. And the two extremes. On the right side, there is uh chaos where there's no structure, no rules, just anarchy, chaos. On the other side is too many rules, too much structure, is order where creativity implodes. And in the middle is the balance, the chaotic balance. And he drew like this water drop. It's kind of like a water drop where you have like you have enough structure but within the structure there's chaos you can flourish and that's like it's beautiful and i think to wow it's now coming the cherry on the top it's also like the beautiful understanding the polarity between coming back to masculine feminine to understand yeah. the masculine kind of creates this beautiful just enough kind of like border and where the feminine can flourish within the chaos the creativity because this is what it is feminine is like life creation and we kind of yeah. like provide a uh, space to kind of like allow this creation to happen. Right. He yeah. needs to either find either the partner that he's with needs to be that order mm -hmm. or he has to work within it himself, yeah. I think, or have people around him that can support that order. Absolutely. I think that's the important part because I, that's what I, I wouldn't say. It, it's not always like you're having 80. I don't know. This is a <laughs> ballpark statement, but it's not always, like if you have, fun with people you're around it's not always like you're having adhd mm -hmm. when you're around the people you're with you can be super focused on them and understand but when you have chaos in your work life and all of those ideas and problems and structures in your head you need a place to outlet that or a place to structure it and put it there and maybe if he just found the company i can totally understand where that's what it feels like if he wants to get tested let him get tested for sure um And who knows, of course, you can go on a very small amount of medication and then feel like you're more organized and mm -hmm. focused. But yeah, that wouldn't be my way. Yeah, and I get it. I think also like uh, if it helps with medication, maybe. But also like I think in the long term, it becomes more powerful if you learn how to understand your machine or like your organism and how to work with it. Because then it comes from yeah. you. You're not reliant on the yeah. medication. Then you need to meditate. Yeah, like fucking crazy. Absolutely. But first, you need to make sure that your body is fit enough. You mm -hmm. have space enough to meditate, and then. And that's something down, many people. Under, yeah, free. with meditation, like the the thing is the benefits they come maybe after you have to really do it every day. First of all, almost. Yeah. And then it, the yeah. benefits come slowly, very slowly. Maybe if the one two years, I think yeah. <laughs> Not a bad yeah. Okay. What are, maybe you can share with some of the people here what the benefits are as well. Oh, you've seen mm. benefits for you, meditation-wise. Yeah, you mean now or next episode? <laughs> As you wish. As you wish. I think it's going to be a, probably a whole episode because like there's so much. And I think 
I remember just like on the side note, it's like I remember the first time I meditated. I mentioned this a few times in this podcast. I was sweating because my body was not still. That's the point. Because I started meditating and I was meditating, you aware of this insane highway in your mind, and I couldn't sit still. So you have to kind of like first understand how to be able to sit still, and then you can observe. That was the first introduction of meditation. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think Brett, for those that are listening or for those that want to get an intro to meditation, I think you can also just start with a breath yeah. exercise. Try to sit still. I think lay down or sit up sit up of course makes it harder mm -hmm. laying down is much easier but you might fall asleep and that's what you don't want to do that's your brain kind of fighting meditation um and then just do like a short inhale four hold four exhale four inhale yes. four hold four exhale four until the timer is up maybe two minutes five minutes and then easy see how you feel yeah yeah and Amazing. then you don't have to count anymore then you can just, sit <laughs> just <in>. do it <laughs> All right, Brad, we're coming to an end. Um, it was, wow, it was such an amazing episode. Thank you so, so much for joining. And hey, thank you back. Hey, I hope you can enjoy your um, first day as, you know, 35 years old. Amazing. <laughs> There's balloons in the corner that you can't see right now. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Huh? That was amazing. It was amazing. Then, um, all right, I'm going to hit the stop. Just stay there for a minute. Then we're going to have a little pause. All right. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Brad. Wow. What an oh, episode. Cool. And um, yeah, send me on Instagram, WhatsApp, your address. I'm going to give you the book. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Shit. <laughs> That's really kind. It was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I think it's so fitting also like the topics you mentioned. For me, it was uh, life-changing, this yeah. book. Yeah, I think I need to. I, I've heard the book about the book before. Yeah, and I, I think someone mentioned it to me before. So this is actually really important that I I also need to get into that. Yeah. Um, and I'm in Vienna. Pro I'm probably going to book my tickets today or tomorrow uh, for January. Amazing. Yeah, I'm going to be. Are you most likely whole yeah. January in Vienna? Most likely. Yeah. Okay. It will probably be mid January that I'll be perfect there for like five six days. Amazing. Yeah. If I feel yeah, then you can come take a class. Yes. You guys go, I'm, and I'm going to go. We can meet. I'm gonna. I'm planning to go now every week, uh, twice to yoga. One more intense. Really? Okay. One more. One more relaxing. <laughs> one more relaxing. That's not a bad idea. Uh, that's good though. Yeah. Oh man, thank you so much, huh? Thanks for the invite. That was amazing. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Really? Yeah. Then, um. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy your <laughs> post-birthday party a day. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll send you everything, and then yeah, we'll see each other in. Uh, mm -hmm less than two months then amazing but we'll be in touch Can't if wait, you want to yeah. come to cologne just let me know absolutely i mean december impossible but definitely i want to do it okay. next year when i visit you yeah just let me know awesome all right man cheers my friend bye bye thank you ciao 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 ciao